0: Welcome to the latest of the In Conversation with eClinical Medicine podcast. I'm Francesca Buzetil, Senior Editor at eClinical Medicine. Each month, we'll be interviewing the author of a paper published in our journal, giving them an opportunity to provide a deeper discussion of their research. I'm here today with Dr. Prasad Kulkurni to talk about his recent Phase 2-3 trial on the Covishield vaccine. As well as as well as its implications for COVID vaccine development in general. Dr. Kulkarni is the medical director of the Serum Institute of India. He is an expert in good clinical practice, pharmacovigilance, and regulatory practices, and has also been involved in the scientific and preclinical development of new vaccines. Dr. Kulkarni, thank you for joining us and welcome to the podcast. Um, So firstly, could you give us an overview of the Covishield vaccine and how it's being manufactured?
1: Sure. So basically, there is a platform that's called Chedox one which is a chimpanzee adenovirus vector platform uh, that was developed by the Jenner Institute, Oxford University. And this platform has been already used for making many vaccines. On the same platform, a COVID-19 vaccine was developed and this is called as, I mean, in technical terms, it is called as CHEDOX-1-NCOV-19. The license for this vaccine was given to AstraZeneca and then subsequently sub-licensed to Serum Institute of India. This platform is basically a recombinant replication deficient chimpanzee adenovirus vector. It is called as CHEDOX-1. It contains the genetic material for the spike protein of SARS-CoV-2 virus. This vector virus is grown in HEK 293 cells in the fermenters. The cells are lysed, and the extract is purified by several steps, and then formulated to make the vaccine.
0: Okay, um, so could you talk us through the importance of immunobridging studies in the context of COVID-19 vaccine authorization?
1: Right. So, as a general concept. Once you have conducted large efficacy trials in one population and you have demonstrated efficacy, then you need not replicate those studies in other populations. That's because these studies are highly time, money and resource intensive. You can extrapolate those efficacy results for other populations by doing immunobridging study, uh, which basically means that you demonstrate that the immune response of the vaccine in the population that you Uh, demonstrated efficacy and in the subsequent populations has been similar. This, by doing this bridging studies, you can actually save a huge amount of money, time and uh, resources so that the vaccines can become available to other populations in the shortest possible time. This was extremely critical in the pandemic situation where time was of the essence and that's how immunobridging studies were accepted by the regulators world over.
0: So what were the key findings of your trial published in e-clinical medicine and how were these results important for the COVID-19 situation in India?
1: So the first key finding of this study was that the uh, vaccine developed by Serum Institute of India was immunologically non-inferior to the vaccine made by AstraZeneca. Thus, the vaccine was successfully immunobridged with the vaccine uh, made in UK that had already shown efficacy. In turn, meaning that the vaccine is highly immunogenic. Second finding was that the vaccine did not cause any serious adverse reaction, uh, which demonstrated that the vaccine is safe. And also the reactogenicity of the vaccine was also acceptable. Uh, So on both safety and immunogenicity point of view, the vaccine was found uh, comparable to the vaccine made by Strazeneca. Based on this data, the, the vaccine received EUA uh, from the Indian regulatory authority and then subsequently received approvals from uh, many uh, countries' regulators as well as from the World Health Organization. And subsequently then the vaccine was introduced in the national immunization program that was undertaken in India and. Today, uh, Shield has become one of the most commonly used vaccines in the world and in India, in fact, uh, as you may be aware, more than one billion doses of the vaccine have already been used in India, which has shown a significant impact on the incidence of the disease in, in, in India.
0: Okay, um, so what are the implications of your findings in terms of COVID-19 vaccine equity?
1: So Serum Institute is one of the largest manufacturers of vaccines in the world and has been supplying vaccines uh, to the uh, resource uh, poor countries for the last several years. And uh, we have always uh, worked towards making uh, vaccines available to the Low and low and middle income countries, for example, measles and measles rubella, Menafrevac, etc. So the implications of our findings is that this vaccine could be could be approved by various regulatory authorities based on the 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 immunobridging data that we demonstrated, and then could be made at a very high scale and supplied to these uh, LMIC uh, regions and in terms turn, in ensuring vaccine equity.
0: Um, so in your opinion, what is next for this line of research, um, particularly when it comes to booster shots and breakthrough infections?
1: So, uh, so there is already data uh, that shows uh, from our study as well as from the international studies that uh, there is a waning of immune response uh, at six months after Sec, uh, after uh, vaccination, and which uh, might uh, be uh, re- requiring us to think of boosters. A booster study has already been conducted uh, in uh, in UK, which has shown that the boosting is clearly seen with the third dose of the vaccine. So there could be some more studies coming on this indication. And also to see uh, any uh, effectiveness in the real world situation in terms of breakthrough infections, and also vis-a-vis the variants of interest and variants of concerns that are emerging uh, in future. So there are many aspects that could, be, uh, that could come. And also the populations that were not studied in the, in the clinical development so far. For example, pregnant women or immunocompromised people uh, or pediatric populations. So those are the uh, questions that may get answered in the subsequent uh, studies.
0: So thank you again, Dr. Kulkarni, and thank you for listening to this episode of In Conversation with. Remember, you can subscribe to In Conversation with E Clinical Medicine wherever you usually get your podcasts.